Wait, hold on, guys. Can we start over? Yeah, sure. I totally forgot my mic. <laughs> I don't even have it with me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right, we'll just start over. Corey! That's, there's the intro. All righty, you're listening to CNC Replay. I'm Chris. I'm Noel. And I'm Corey. And we're living the dream. We are, we are living the dream indeed. Uh, I want to apologize in advance because we are currently watching the Red Wings play the Blackhawks. It is Monday, the 15th of February. And we play them not only tonight, but again on Wednesday. And we're so far down 1-0. So if you hear any oofs, any big oofs, any sighs, that is because our wings are probably losing. And if you hear any cheers, I, I pray we do, but I'm kind of not hopeful about this. So we'll find out. Regardless, yeah, it's still Blackhawks hate week part two. So um, anything that has to do with the Chicago Blackhawks or or anything with Chicago, really, uh, you are mortal enemies for the next uh, few days. So we wish nothing but losses upon you (laughs) with that we got some podcast news uh big huge shout out to monique and jocelyn lamoureux for liking our tweet about their retirement uh you two are the best and i hope we have some more athlete participation on our twitter page very soon so make sure you follow us on twitter because maybe we'll get some 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 big names like jocelyn and monique coming our coming your way from the cnc sports pod I think that's our username. No, it's not. Oh, it is. It Close is. Enough. You'll f- you'll it, find us. You'll find Close us. Enough. Also, if you have any good laughs on the CNC Sports Pod Twitter, it is probably Noel and Corey. I apologize to everyone, but I don't post very much. So why are you, uh, letting, them, why are you letting them know our secret, man? I know. I it's it, the funny. The funnies come from. I might throw in a meme or two, but the funnies come from them. So big shout out to you too. They don't need to know trade secrets. Yeah. They don't need. I to know. What? What the what? The what? <laughs> I mean, you can probably tell just based on grammar and general humor, but you say my grammar's not good. No, I didn't say that. That's what she said. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> boo, Noel, boo. <laughs> so with that, let's hop into it with the Detroit Pistons. Take it away, Corey. Listen, um. I I don't know if you guys have been watching the Pistons and obviously we were from the beginning, very open and honest with all of you that uh, Pistons uh, basketball is not our forte, but there is just something strange in the water of, of of Detroit basketball. uh, Because if you are under 500 um, good luck, uh, like, you know, with your game, because I mean, honestly, not good luck with your game because you're not going to need it because you're going to win. But if you are significantly over 500, you better watch out because the Pistons are breaking necks and cashing checks from the elites of the elites in the NBA. It, it really is. It's. It, it, I, I'll put it, I'll put it into this perspective. I I was watching um, the ticker for because the Red Wings were on. Um, I was watching the ticker for. Uh, the Pistons when they were playing the Pacers. Pacers are a pretty, pretty good team, but uh, definitely not a elite of an elite uh, NBA roster this year. Um, And the Pistons just, just were the Pistons and they were not good and they performed poorly and ended up losing the game. Fast forward to when they go to Boston 
and they play Boston in their home court, and they look like a completely different team. I mean, they're making all sorts of shots. Uh, Plumlee is playing well, and then Sadiq Bay um, has had a resurgence. I mean, I not a resurgence because he's a rookie this year, but he's he's blossoming into a incredibly productive player and was named uh, this week's uh, NBA uh, co-player of the week next to uh, Devin Booker. Um, so I, I've just been, I've been taking notice of what the Pistons are doing. And uh, I, I think if you're going to watch any Pistons game this season, um, don't watch the games that you think that they could win because most likely they're going to lose. Watch the games that they play against the best teams in the league, the Boston Celtics, the the Los Angeles Lakers. You can't watch them anymore because I think they're done playing each other. But still, they beat the Lakers at home, and then they took the Lakers to double overtime in Los Angeles against LeBron James. I don't care if Anthony Davis wasn't healthy or wasn't playing. They took the defending NBA champions, the Detroit Pistons, who – most of you probably couldn't name me their starting five roster or their starting five lineup. They took that team, the NBA champions, to double overtime and beat them. They were they could have swept, they could have swept the season series against the Lakers, and they have six wins on the season. I think it's seven now because they beat the Pelicans. They beat they beat Zion at home again. Another game that they had no business winning, but yet they played incredibly, incredibly well. So uh, they're an enigma there. And I think Pistons Twitter is going bananas because the memes that are floating around are full of life. There is a guy who was in a shower uh, and he gave himself a beer bath after uh, they had an upset win against one of the NBA's best teams. Pistons Twitter is going bananas right now. And it is incredible, incredible, incredible. And the best thing about this is it isn't a roster full of a bunch of old guys we have some young fresh talent i think at the beginning of this year we were talking about that they were potentially going to trade jeremy grant but jeremy grant is signed here for four more years or it was a four-year deal so he's here for three more years that's a guy you're going to build this roster around because he's young enough to do so and then guys like uh sadiq bay are again really young sadiq bay I just want to let you guys know, um, I'm trying to look at his age. I have his basketball reference page up. He's 21 years old. And then Isaiah Stewart, who is our center, he's been playing, you know, kind of rotating with Mason Plumlee. He's 18 years old. And yet those are our three most productive players on our team. If you are rebuilding a roster, that is what you want to see. You want to see young guys taking control of the team and, you know, playing their hearts out. So Sadiq Bey is a rookie this year, and I'm just going to pull up some things. Um, so he is, let's see here. He's averaging about nine points a game, but this week he went off um, and, you know, the rest of the NBA took notice getting his, you know, co-player of the week honors. Jeremy Grant's obviously having a career year. And then Isaiah Stewart is kind of, he's kind of almost building this, this, uh, this mentality of the old bad boys Pistons, you know, um, I don't want to say moxie because it'll sound like I'm from like 1962, but um but he's just he's just got this attitude and he gets under people's skin and you have grit you have some offensive ability and you have young fresh talent and dare i say 
that if some things go right, the Pistons could be one of the most exciting teams that the, you know, the four major sports teams in Detroit have to offer. So I don't know what you guys have been thinking. I hope that you've just been as excited as I have, you know, kind of tuning in and watching this team play. Um, because it's, I mean, even the, the, the Russian guy, Svee, I can't, I can't even say his last name, but he, he was lighting it up against Boston. I mean, he, he was one of our leading scorers that game. So Jeremy Grant in that Boston game, I believe, had single-digit points going into the fourth quarter, and and yet we still beat the Boston Celtics in Boston. So I've been talking a lot. I'm excited about the Pistons, you know, <laughs> um, because they're exciting, and uh, I don't know what else to say about that. So I, what are you guys thinking? Did you ever think you would say you were excited about the Pistons, Corey? Is that a <laughs> sentence you ever thought you would say? Not in this stage of my life, no. I remember when I was a bit younger and they were still kind of coming off the highs of the 04 championship that, oh, the Pistons, they're a fun team to watch. I'll watch the games. I'll go, you know, have some fun. I'll know who the players are. Like Chauncey Billups was my boy. I love Chauncey. I, I I still have my Chauncey Billups jersey from when I was like four years old. Not four, but you know what I mean. It was, it was so cool. I wore that thing like every day. Um, and then they sucked after that. <laughs> and it wasn't exciting. quite a while. For quite a while. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you guys are thinking. But, uh, again, they're still bad. I'm not saying that they're some elite superstar team, but. Here's oh, the most okay. exciting. So here, oh, sorry, go okay, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> oh, no. uh, it's a lot harder to do this podcast uh, remotely because we always interrupt each other. And it's kind of hard to never get social cues with this. So I apologize to everybody. However, maybe someday we'll all be live. Uh, so that's up to you guys. Take this off. Make it make it even more fluid with our love and uh, vastness. So with that, I'm very excited for the Pistons because we are able to watch the star-studded teams. Everyone likes watching the Mavericks because of Luka. Everybody watch, likes watching Golden State because of Steph Curry. Everyone likes watching LeBron and the Lakers. Everyone likes watching the Nets because now they have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, which is just absolutely nasty. Who the Pistons beat, by the way? Who we beat. We beat them. I don't know how. I don't know why. But it makes me very happy because now I can watch. Not only can we watch the star studs on the other team play and all the exciting to watch their talent, but we can also watch our homeboys kick their behinds and it just makes it so happy. And I can just imagine the Nets fans just sulking, absolutely sulking and losing to the Pistons. And that just brings me so much joy. Take it away, Noel. I apologize. <coughs> oh, oh, she's coughing out. Noel's dying. <coughs> wow, you stopped right as I took a drink of water and then... I didn't want to like fully drink the water. And so it went down the wrong pipe. I apologize for that. Um, I was going to say that I think the difference between the two teams that we have that are really like seriously in the middle of rebuilding being the wings and the Pistons is that the Pistons are fun to watch consistently. The wings have flashes of fun to watch. I mean, we, we saw that a couple games ago, but most of the time it's just very low event hockey, very low, low fun and then they lose and you're just like Ugh. but the pistons even if they are going to lose and you know they're going to lose they're still exciting and enjoyable to watch um which has been a fun thing for me to discover again because it's been a long time since i've watched pro basketball um so yeah i think 
it's coming into a season um, that'll be fun to finish out. And we'll see what happens with um, the Ellington trade, what we can get with. I know that that's not official, but it's most likely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what return we can get for that. You know, it'll be interesting. Also, uh, Blake Griffin, potentially. That's news as of five hours ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that's hot off the presses. We haven't we haven't run into that as a, as a podcast quite yet. But uh, no, no. But will the Blake Griffin be a get something for him or have to give something away to get rid of him kind of thing? I feel like they'll buy him out before they actually give away anything. Um, yeah. because I mean, obviously we're in the big be in the throes of a rebuild and we don't want to give away assets. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Noel. I think a, a buyout is going to be the most, uh, likely, uh, option for Blake Griffin. And it really is kind of sad too. Um, because, uh, I, I was listening to sports talk radio today uh, and again, talking about uh, this news with Blake Griffin. He's not going to play uh, until this is, this is resolved, which good for the Pistons because, you know, you get your young guys more minutes and you get them more uh, NBA experience. Um, but bad for Blake Griffin because uh, you know, we're, we're seeing an unfortunate theme here with our, with our Detroit athletes that, you know, maybe if they don't want to be here, uh, they're going to keep their mouth shut and they're going to go out and play every day. And that was kind of the same from Blake Griffin. Cause he was the first LA superstar, not superstar. I should say he was the first LA player to come here from LA to Detroit. And you're comparing LA to Detroit. I think, I mean, warm weather, Southern California, you know, I mean, it's, it's a culture shock to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came here and people were saying that he was a bum. His contract was an albatross. He couldn't move him around. Blake Griffin was a, was a pretty good player when he was here. I, I I'm not going to say superstar. I remember a few times. I remember working security the night that he scored 50 points, uh, in Detroit and the building was absolutely electric. And it really seemed like that, you know, it was, it was Blake's team at the point at that time. Now the Pistons still weren't very good. Um, but people went to the arena to see Blake Griffin play basketball. And he was, he developed as a player. His time with LA was kind of, you know, the whole dunk city mantra. Um, and then he developed a three point shot and he really, I mean, he, he kind of took, uh, after some of these athletes in the pet, like a Stafford, he put the team on his back every, you know, a couple of nights. And, uh, I believe they made the playoffs that year. They played the bucks completely overmatched. I think they lost by 20 plus points in all four games uh, that they played. And I went to game four, um, when they were there and Blake Griffin barely could walk, but he dragged that team to the postseason that year. And I think everybody that was watching that could see that. And you have to tip your hat to him. Um, I mean, to see a guy that, you know, plays all out and, and goes and plays for maybe even a city that he doesn't really even want to be at. And yet he still goes out and performs. I mean, that's just, if anything, that's just a true professional, um, at any point. So, um, I think that's really cool. And it's really unfortunate that he's going to get this bad rap of, you know, a poor contract, um, and, you know, not the player that he once was, but, as a casual Pistons fan at that, at that time, I really enjoyed seeing what Blake Griffin could do, um, you know, while he was here and enjoyed looking at his stat line and seeing what he could accomplish. So um, I hope 
most fans when whenever his time is officially over realize uh you know what he did uh for a team that was kind of caught in the middle of contending for the last few spots and you know contending for a lottery pick so yeah those are my thoughts and if there's a bright side uh once he is gone from this team we can all get really really cheap uh Blake Griffin uh city edition jerseys the you know the really cool circular ones that say motor city yeah i'm yep thanks blake for being awesome and having a jersey worth buying but also thanks for making them super cheap so that's really cool <laughs> thank Love you for that. enabling Corey's addiction hey we don't need to talk about that <laughs> i got i gotta put something next to my andre drummond pistons jersey like good grief how old is that thing it's not too old. I got it. I got it before that that playoff game. So I got it. I got it for pretty cheap. He was still on the team at that point, um, barely. But and I I, I kind of have a soft spot for Andre Drummond. I love Andre Drummond because he's just so he's just massive and he can only like get rebounds and layups. <laughs> that that basically sums up my high school basketball career. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that being said, thank you, Blake Griffin who came from LA, another star who came from LA, Jared Goff. And uh, frankly, I'm going to have to apologize. Uh, I don't have anything for the Lions. There hasn't been a whole lot of news. And frankly, I think Lions. Yeah, seriously. Well, I think what happened was, is the past two weeks, they just did everything they possibly could. And now they're just sitting there like, <gasps> now what? And it's, it's it, the best part about the whole thing is, is, they have what I believe done everything they possibly could have. I don't, you get, you get a new court, you get a brand new quarterback, you get a brand new GM, you get a brand new coach, you get a brand new coaching staff, you get all now these, all these picks. Now you get to work with fantastic job on the off season. The best that I think we've seen in a very long time. And I am praying that they do something with it. I don't know if anyone has anything else to add about the lions, but if so, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> no, I, th- I mean, again, they, they've had a very productive off season, especially with the Stafford trade, uh, a return that most people didn't think that we could get. Um, say what you want about Jared Goff. Uh, at the very least, he's a stopgap quarterback and, uh, you know, he'll be effective for his role and his time here. Um, and I, I mean, you can't, I don't think you can really judge the calls or the moves that the organization has made until we see the product on the field. Um, mm-hmm. so if anything, there's hope we talked about that in the past weeks. Um, you know, there's a definitely a new culture, a different culture. And, uh, hopefully that, uh, the players will, the players that are here will be excited about that. And then the players, uh, that are coming from the draft, um, will be, you know, talented and also buy into that, uh, a program as well. Um, the only thing I have, I guess, is a question. Um, so the Lions have the seventh pick, um, and I've been hearing a lot of talk of what the Lions should do with that seventh pick. Um, what do we think? I I, I personally uh, think that the Lions should try to trade down if they don't love any of the players there. Um, and it seems like, in, from what I've been reading, that all of the quarterbacks that – I've seen some mock drafts where – all the you know the major quarterbacks that we're talking. Obviously, Lawrence is going to go number one, but then uh, Zach Wilson at number two. Um, uh, I think I think I saw Justin Fields as high as number three, and then Trey Lance to number four. So if the Lions were thinking about a quarterback, 
all of the top quarterbacks could already be gone. I mean, you could think about Mac Jones, but I think Mac Jones at seven is really, really high. And if you really want Mac Jones, you can trade down and get some more assets for that. So personally, I think the Lions should trade down um, unless they have a wide receiver they like, because now I'm realizing that they're probably going to lose Marvin Jones. They're probably going to lose Galladay, whether it's a trade or if they can't, you know, franchise tag him or whatnot. And their best wide receiver right now is Quintez Cephas, who was a sixth round pick last year. Yeah. Who who ran the slowest, who ran the slowest combine time out of all of the eligible wide receivers, which, I, you know, speed isn't everything, but still um, if, if your number one receiver is the slowest wide receiver out of his draft class, I think that's an issue. But, I agree. So I think the line straight down gets more draft capital. I I think I'm with you, Corey. For me, when it comes to this upcoming draft, everyone was already expecting to take a quarterback, but now that we have Goff, we can ride him out for a couple of years. I think so too. I know it's a very quarterback rich draft. We got Trevor Lawrence, you got Justin Fields, you got Mac Jones, uh, you got a uh, Kyle Trask. You got just an absolute star-studded lineup at quarterbacks. However, I think if you wait a couple more years, we're going to see something like that again emerge, and we can pounce then. I think we have time to pick up some some backline talent. I would love to see us pick up a linebacker. Maybe that's uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. You also mm-hmm. got, for wide receiver, you got Jalen Watt, I think it's Waddle or Waddle. Uh, Waddle. I'd prefer we go defense. Or waddle, waddle, waddle. Def- waddle, waddle, waddle. If not defense, maybe we work on our O line. But I have a hard time seeing us draft a quarterback this year. And if we're not going to get an absolute stud, then I'm with you. Let's trade back. Let's get something good. Let's let's build our let's build our depth and let's be good for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Maybe we'll see a Lions take over. <laughs> uh, maybe, but the Pistons train ain't stopping. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All aboard. Time to go to work. <laughs> Throw wah, back. Wah. That was a sweet, that was a sweet, like, Pistons, like, I, I know I'm, I'm all gushy about the Pistons right now, but that was a sweet, like, slogan for them. It's, it's time to go to work. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. I Go to work. That's so, so blue collar of you. It's hysterical. Yeah. I'm not that blue collar, but if anything, I'm white collar. I have a sports business degree. That's that's the most white collar you can get. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> Noah, what do you think about our beloved Detroit Lions? Um, I'm all for the trade down. Um Obviously, the Lions' uh, prospect pool and NFL drafting is not my forte, but just from the things that I've read, um, getting a linebacker is probably a a good idea. Um, And one that I've seen floating around is uh, Jeremiah Owasu-Koromo. I can't pronounce his last name. So sorry. We'll figure out these pronunciations eventually. Yes. Um, Out of Notre Dame. And so he seems to be high on a lot of people's lists for the lions. Um, so I guess we'll just, we'll see what kind of uh, defensive player the, the lions are wanting and go from there. It'll probably be more when we figure out what the actual roster is going to look like and then figure out the draft from there. 
yeah, I think it'll be tough um, too. And I, I think your your points are spot on because the Lions the Lions do have um, very limited cap space. I think I saw that they have like fifteen million in cap space, and so um, I think you're not going to see a whole lot of free agent signings and it's going to follow suit with most of what the NFL does um, until after the draft. Um, So they'll plug in, you know, who they think would fit the team best, whether it's a wide receiver or, or a linebacker. And um, the draft will definitely tell you what the lions are going to sign shortly after. Um, And again, that's common, that's common uh, knowledge uh, for the NFL. Um, But, I think as fans, even if we don't know what's going to happen, you're going to find out, um, you're going to find out, you know, exactly what positions they're going to fill based off of who they don't get in the draft. Um, so, but think you're spot on. I think that's good. And, uh, now we just play the waiting game for the lions, which is drafts in April. I hope it's not virtual again. I hope they do something, um, they, the virtual draft was fun because it was COVID and that was like the first like sporting event that anybody had. And I, I think that was the best like rated draft in history just because I, mm-hmm. that, that, I, that was like the very first thing that anybody could, you know, watch. I remember I like vaguely tune in to like the, the last day of the draft. It's like to see, you know, who the lions pick, you know, did any Michigan players go or, or, you know, deep big 10 players and all that. Um, but I remember sitting on my couch watching the ticker like the whole day. It was crazy. And it's like, this is a zoom call. I'm watching a zoom call on my, on my flat screen TV. But, um, so I don't know, let's get a little bit more excitement next year. Um, hopefully the NFL one was also probably the best done virtual draft out of the four big, yeah. Just like it was the first and somehow the best. And I don't know why other teams or why other franchises didn't pick up from that, but they didn't. Uh, so, yeah, go NFL. Uh, hope you continue to be exciting in your next draft. Yeah. I, woot, woot. Woot, woot. I love that. Because the NHL is doing something stupid where they're having the 2020 and the 2021 draft in the same year which doesn't oh, make any word. sense. Okay. Um, so I know we were supposed to talk about tigers next. Can we, but can we just jump off of that into, into the draft changes that we've had the news for the NHL that we've had? Sure. We can do that. I'm down. Just do the fact. Yeah. The fact that they are doing or planning or whatever scheming to have the 2021, 2022 within like, what was it? Two months of each other or something. I, Wait, like what? it was a yeah did you not see this <laughs> no it's i saw not it official no <laughs> but these are rumors that are floating around that we're gonna have two drafts within a couple months of each other why it's because the nhl's front office is the the biggest or their own worst enemy that is they, the reason that the yes. NHL can't move forward as as a leading. They're literally only a four a top four major uh, sporting organization in the United States and North America because of the Canadian teams. Because like the rest of the leagues are dragging them along, and like Major League Soccer isn't doing anything, and all these other sports aren't. It's like it's like the guy the guy in the group project that's just like signs his name basically at times. It's they're the they create problems. 
don't realize that they create problems that somehow everybody else can see, but their front office can't. And then, you know, half a season later, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. We should probably fix that. And then repeat process. Mm, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So that makes this, no sense. They're change the so that is happening the two draft thing, and Wait, then that's happening official it, or rumor. No, it's not happening oh, official, okay. but like it probably will. Probably Ooh, will. Scared me. Um, and then there are other rumors that they're gonna change how the draft lottery works because GMs, um, were all up in a tizzy, honestly, rightfully so, about what happened last draft and how far Detroit fell and everything. And when, okay, when teams, when, when uh, staff and management from a team that is not Detroit are saying that Detroit got screwed over, that is when, you know, you have a problem. That's bad because nobody, nobody advocates for a team that is not their own and nobody advocates for Detroit because it's Detroit. (laughs) If if, we miss any, if any front, what we miss you, Tim (laughs) Stutzel. Sorry. Yeah, we do. That was he was ours. Should have been ours. Stutzel. I will forever I will forever be upset because we should have had Tim Stutzel. And he's gonna be an absolute buddy. It's German. It's Stutzla. Well, it's an American translation Stutzel. That's not how Uh, that works. (laughs) Okay. Tim Stutzla is going to be an absolute stud McMuffin, and we're gonna miss him. And you can mark my words now. I apologize. He was rightfully I'm, ours. We should have had the German connection of cider in Stutzla. Um, but we didn't because the NHL took it away from us and they hate us. And to, Noel, to your point, um, we, you know, it's bad when other teams are sticking up for, you know, other teams is, is injustice in, in how things are going down for like the draft lottery. But if there was any team that other teams would stick up for Detroit would be the last one that teams would say. So, so you are correct. That's how bad this is. This has gotten for the Red Wings. I think in their, in like the last like five years of the draft, Detroit has fallen from their projected spot or where they should be based off the finish. I think it was like, 18 spots or something like that Mm -hmm. minus 18 and detroit had if the season would have finished in its entirety detroit would have had the worst season in in modern nhl history that's not for an expansion team i think the capitals still have that record but that's crazy that you're they were negative 23 points to the next closest team a team that made the the playoffs for the bubble the bubble playoffs Got a higher pick than the Red Wings. Uh huh. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absurd. So we're not going to bring up all this old drama because we've already hashed this out between ourselves probably Ah! 18 times. Drama, drama, drama. But what I think needs to happen, obviously, is a complete overhaul of the draft lottery. I'm a big proponent of the gold plan. I think a lot of people are. Um, for those of you who aren't unaware, what Chris, do you have any idea what that is? I have no idea what that is. Okay, so the gold plan is basically where your draft lottery position would be chosen based on how many points you acquired after being kicked out of the playoff runnings. So it would give you incentive to generate points and win after you lose a spot in the playoffs. So 
the way that works would be good for teams that get out earlier. So like Detroit last year was out in what January 21, something like that. They would have from January until the end of the projected season to accumulate a bunch of points, therefore putting them higher in this, in the standings for the draft for the number one pick teams that just miss out of the draft. So teams that finish 17th would only have, wouldn't have much time at all. Actually no time to generate points and win to get themselves a spot. So like it would create incentive and get rid of tanking, mm-hmm. which is, I think what everybody wants. Correct. Yeah. Um, I love that. I see no downsides except for the fact that it's just radical enough for the NHL to not do it. <laughs> I can tell you one downside that one or two, three months when the Pistons are, or the, I'm sorry, the Red Wings are out of the playoffs. I can go to a game for like $11. Mm, I and like now that. if they actually are trying, I now have to pay more money, but it's going to be good hockey. I'm just messing with you. I promise. It's I love that plan. I'm all for it. 10 out of 10 idea. Please, for the love of God, Batman, what are you going to do? What he are you going to do? No, He won't. It'll be some contrived. Somehow it'll screw over the wings again and worse. Yeah. Um, I like that idea. I think that's really cool. Um, and you'll get this weird, like hybrid of people that will tank to get to that, you know, Oh, we got to get out of the playoffs as fast as we can. Um, and then they'll like, I don't know, call up prospects and, you know, get those guys playing, you know, so that they can get I a NHL experience. But then also if, you know, for the Red Wings case, we're playing a Darren Helm over a Giovanni Smith, um, and then we're out of the playoffs and then we have to get our gold standard points. Um, then you'll see more young guys and more competitive hockey, which honestly would be kind of fun. You could play spoiler, but then it would mean, you know, something a little bit more um, after that. The, um, it's a little close to the like idea of having like um, a tournament for teams that don't make the playoffs and they play each other for the first overall pick or something like that. Uh, I've never understood that argument solely because that how are you going to get a bunch of guys in a locker room to play competitively for for the team to get a pick that will most likely replace somebody in that locker room so uh, like like again using a Darren Helm for and I don't hate Darren Helm I think for what he is is pretty productive um but a guy like Darren Helm is going to is going to say like Oh, I have to play hard so I can lose my job next year. That's just not going to work. So unfortunately, I think that's why we get a lot of these draft systems the way that they are, because we can't have a loser's bracket because no one's going to play hard for a guy that's going to replace his, you know, his spot on the team. And um, a lottery isn't that fair either because a team that is actually really, really bad and doesn't have any talent, cough, cough, Red Wings, could get end up could end up getting screwed, and that's kind of what happened. Um, and it has what's happened for the Red Wings and then other teams, like in the NBA, they have a lottery system as well. Uh, and uh, the the worst team hasn't gotten the draft pick, uh, the top draft pick as well. So there's only so much fixing you can do to the draft issue. Um, but I think I don't know. I think that's a a, a nice hybrid. 
I think. I don't know. But because uh, you get a you get a little bit of okay, you know, the better teams when they're out will get. I mean, it 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 doesn't involve tanking, but it does at the same time. There's it, it takes half of the tank away. If that makes sense. It does, no, which agree. is probably as good as you're going to get at this point. Right. Yeah. So I hope maybe I hope we tinker with that a little bit. Um, but as far as we've talked about our overarching NHL news, we got to talk about our beloved, beloved Detroit Red Wings. Um, Tigers. Or, or, or we're just going to we're going to we're skipping over. over the Red Wings completely. Yeah. Wait, we're skipping we over the we Red Wings say, completely. No, we're not. We are very oh. organized here at the CNC replay. Incredibly <laughs> so organized. organized. I Our created organization a, skills a are top outline tier. and everything. <laughs> so, take it away. I'll follow the wind. Okay. Um, if we're just sticking with the Red Wings for now. Um, I, honestly, I think they've been playing a lot better. Um, they finally got a win in Florida, which is really cool. Um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which is what we saw. And... Um, the the results haven't been the same, but the level of play I feel like has been a little bit different. Um, we saw Zadina get his first goal of the year uh, against Florida, and in that game, I, I I was at that game. I had the I I was able to attend. I, I took a little uh, time in Florida, got some nice sunshine, and out of the eight degree weather. So, yeah. haha, sucks for you guys. Um, but that was a very, very entertaining game to watch. Um, I don't think that, I don't honestly think the Red Wings made any mistakes. Um, and Florida has been playing lights out this year and Bobrovsky, um, who's kind of been up and down in his tenure with the Panthers, um, was unreal. Um, he made a spectacular stack, stack of the pad save against Mantha. Um, and, uh, we were buzzing quite a bit our power play looked you know not awful um and which is saying something which is saying something um and our young guys played pretty well you could kind of notice some of the some of the uh role players uh you know ernie gets a lot of crap and you know a lot of head scratches from you know regular fans here in detroit um but eiserman had him in tampa and he brought him over here uh immediately as uh, he was the GM and then signed him in a year where we thought he wasn't going to play. Um, I think for what Ernie is worth, I think he's only making under a million dollars. Um, he's a great four checker and the prototypical fourth line winger that you'd want. Um, so he plays really hard. Um, you don't notice him on the stat sheet, but you know, he gets to the dirty areas. He, you know, and he does his job. Um, and I think, um, you know, if you have a bad team, you want a guy, you want guys that do their job as opposed to not doing their job. So I think Ernie will stick around. He'll slide into Helms role um, after uh, this year because Helms making like three, I think he's making close to $4 million and he hasn't been above the, the fourth line in the past three games. So Ernie will stay. He'll stick around and be, be that fourth line winger with Glenn Denning and Glenn Denning fan favorite for all of us. Love um, him. He's super cute. Um, some people say he looks like me. I don't know. Humble. <laughs> he brag. did when he was younger. Yeah, I think you guys so have a younger. similar profile, but yeah, he's got way beefier arms than I do. I'm a twig compared to Luke Glendening, and he's probably got, you know, thunder thighs as well. But that we're enough about that. Um, Luke Glendening is the NHL's leader in faceoffs percentage 
by a long shot this year. He's Detroit's most valuable non-offensive piece and should be here to stay. If we lose Luke Glendening, I think that a, that's just going to be really sad because he's a lifelong, you know, Michigander grew up in Michigan, went to Michigan. Uh, only team he ever played for was the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and he's productive. You know, you're not asking him to score 15 goals because he's not supposed to score 15 goals. He does his job. He's the NHL's best face-off man, and um, and he's a leader in the locker room. Um, and I think you got to see his hard work pay off. His first th- uh, his first career three point game against Nashville. Um, another backhanded goal for backhand Luke and. Uh, it was really cool to see a bunch of the the bottom line guys uh, get get their moment to shine against uh, the Predators and against a team that we actually play pretty well against. And we won a game by more than one goal, guys. Crazy, yeah. unheard of. <laughs> How Real. dare we? Just yeah. Hallelujah. And I think so. Going off that Luke Lindenning thing a little bit. Um, our bias aside, I think that going forward and probably long-term he's the only bottom sixer that I want sticking around Yeah, like Ernie fine for right now. Sure. But Luke Glendening is probably the only one that adds significant value for what he does and for what we need the bottom six to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also the kind of player and the personality of a player that Iserman likes to keep around and has really valued in the past. So I think that the, while his his stocks for trade value are going up, I think that there's a real chance that he'll be around for at least a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I might just be speaking that into the universe because I would be sad if he was gone. Um, That's going to be a bad day for Noel. It will be. And me. Oh, and Corey. <laughs> and Corey, I'm sorry. I love Luke Lindenning. Who doesn't love Luke Lindenning? If you don't like Luke you Lindenning. You would be surprised. I, I understand that there are, but for those of you who are listening who don't like Luke Glendening, I don't want to say don't listen to us, but um, because we really need viewership. However, going forward, we're going to have to have a sit-down conversation. He's so pretty. Holy cow. He's such a good-looking He's a cutie. He, he is really a is cutie patootie. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh, Danny DeKaiser got sent down to waivers. Uh, he's going to yeah. get picked up. Uh, anyone want to no, guess how much he, we're going to take a, he passed. Yeah. yeah he passed through. He cleared I was it surprised. Today. I was very surprised. I was not, not at all. Wow. Oh my gosh. Was today the deadline? It was, yeah, it's a 24 hour period, bud. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Not the, not the trade deadline. No, no, that's. Oh thing. no. Yeah. yeah. I know it's in February. Is it not mm-hmm. the trade deadline? Yeah. Oh, yes. that's coming up. Oh, he passed through waivers. Okay, good. Well, that makes me happy. Good, 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 good. We still get Man, some more Danny. And that's I, I, I don't, I don't know about because the Kaiser has shown ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. For for a top line uh, defense, like a like a top pairing defenseman, he can't play his top pairing minutes. But if you bury him in uh, the bottom line. He's an effective player. He'll complement somebody else uh, fairly well. But the problem is that he makes just a hair under uh, $4 million this year. Next year, he jumps all the way to five. Yeah. Um, so 
again, I thought, thinking to myself, you know, what NHL team wouldn't take a flyer on Danny DeKaiser? Um, but I, I mean, I guess people really do not like that. He's making $5 million. Mm-mm. I understand that. I get that. Um, but still, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, it's a real head scratcher with him. Um, but if that means that we can see a younger guy come up and play like Jalowski, who many people also think isn't very responsible defensively, um, so be it. I'd rather see a young guy try to work through some growing pains than a guy who's yep. set in his ways, um, just struggle. Um, and I feel like that's what a lot of us are thinking right now. In all, in all honesty, I'm hoping and it's sad, but I'm hoping that we trade Danny. Obviously we're going to take a cap hit. If we trade him, I don't think any team in the right mind right now is going to, is going to pay $5 million for Danny to Kaiser. Uh, so I think we're going to take a cap hit. But I would rather take a two, three million dollar cap free space and have a younger guy up than to which I'll get into later in the show <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, but I I don't know. I I, I was hoping I, a small part of me was hoping that we'd you'd go on waivers and that we would be able to kind of pass him along. But no offense, Danny, but you, you just I don't think you're worth five million dollars. I apologize. It was I guess a l- oh. most of the NHL doesn't think he's worth $5 million. So. No, no one's yeah. going to pay that for him. It was a little <laughs> no reminiscent of Erickson being sent down. You know, it kind of had that same vibe of old guy not playing up to par anymore. Mm-hmm. Erickson is debatable, but you know, uh, not that playing up to par anymore. It was a good day for all of us. Eiserman yeah. clearing house and creating space for new guys which I think is the direction that this team needs to be going, even if we see some of our, our favorites go. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But to that... Which we will get into later. <laughs> oh, boy. Chris is excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, to that point, uh, Noel, you, you brought up our you know infamous uh, Jonathan Erickson. Uh, again, I, I didn't even think about that. That's such a similar situation to what's going on right now. Um, but after Erickson was sent down, he played in Grand Rapids for a little bit and he came back up. He didn't see above, uh, you know, third pairing minutes. Um, and I guess that sheltered him a little bit, but I, I remember watching him. I didn't think he was the worst defenseman on the team anymore. Not that's not saying that he was the best because he was not, he wasn't anywhere close, but he was not the worst. So I think if you can't get rid of him, if you can't trade his contract, um, and it does go an Erickson route, it's one more season at most. And then he gets sent off. Uh, cause this year, I mean, I guess he can just be buried in a taxi squad, not do anything, um, from that. Um, but next year when we don't have this, you know, or hopefully we don't have this COVID situation and a taxi squad, um, and you kind of have to play them, um, unless we, you know, ship a pick, but I don't think we'll do that either. Um, I think you will see a little bit better play, maybe just because you're going to see less play of Danny DeKaiser. Um, but, uh, so let's not, I don't want to completely rip on the guy, but, it's. I think we all know it was deserving that he got um, sent down, uh, put on waivers. So, yeah. But it could be. So good just to be clear, is Danny Kaiser back on our roster officially? He's on the taxi squad, so kind of. He's on the taxi squad. Okay. Well, he's okay. Still with us. 
Yes. Not not here, but correct. Dang, that is correct. Well, shoot. Oh boy, I'm excited for the wings. We'll talk a little bit more about the wings later. But does anyone want to go over the the Pistons by chance, or not no, the Pistons, the, the Tigers? Tigers. Chris, <laughs> are you distracted by watching the Red Wings game? No. <laughs> Chris is distracted. Yeah. Boo, Chris. Chris is a little distracted. <laughs> Ooh. we uh, suck <laughs> we'll talk about that next week but we're bad. We're anyway, most bad. of us are bad even our, even our pistons who are good are bad um vlad scored but besides that i did uh, see that pretty, pretty I, nice. I didn't see it until the intermission i didn't see it <laughs> yeah remember remember when i said that vlad was wait be... i'm what? sorry we have 17 shots to six yep rice has rice has not looked good no today um Remember when I said Vlad was going to be the best signing that we had? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wrong about a lot of stuff in the offseason. But this one, go. a blind squirrel finds a nut every so often. Vlad is this blind <laughs> squirrel's nut. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> so we need to start making t-shirts over at the at the cnc sports because we have With a lot of money christopher hey With you know what we'll, we'll, put, it on, we'll put it on teespring that way people will, will do it people's money your money maybe we'll see yeah you're it's coming out of your paycheck noel <laughs> <laughs> me and my student debt are not gonna like that oh yikes <laughs> mine too all right anyway uh briefly i want to touch on this um our only tiger news of the week uh tiger signed Outfielder Nomar Mazzara. He played with the, the White Texans, Sox right? last year. Oh, uh, he he played. He, you are partially correct. He played four years with Texas, um, and was a uh, came into the league as a 21 year old. Um, and he played last year with the White Sox. Um, and as we know, the White Sox blew up onto the scene, had a bunch of young talent, and were prized to win the Central. Um, from the beginning of the year they didn't but they still made the playoffs and they were a very very exciting team to watch play um guys i love this signing i think this is my favorite signing of the entire offseason and people will say well Corey, he sucked last year don't you see his stats well yes i do see his stats um so but i want to look at his stats in previous years so from 2016 to 2019, how many home runs a year do you guys think Mazzara hit? What you say? Say that one more time. 2016 till to 2019 to 2019. Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to say 50. Each year? No, no. Total. <laughs> oh, okay. I was <laughs> Noel. Um. Forty-nine. Forty-nine. Okay, so this is what we got. In 2016, he hit 20. In 2017, he hit 20. In 2018, he hit 20. Oh and in 2019, he hit 19. So ah. Nomar Mazzara, um, wow. a very consistent home run hitter. So this year, he only played in 42 games. He only hit one home run. He had a, he had a pretty miserable year. Uh, he, he batted 228. Uh, his on-base percentage was under 300, which is pretty terrible. His OPS was uh, 589, which is on-base plus slugging. Um, not a great year, um, but was also playing in a star-studded White Sox lineup and was injured. Um, and 
I do want to say, and again, everybody is affected by this. I understand we've been saying COVID is affected in more ways than one. Um, Nomar Mazzara did not really have a spring training as most of these guys didn't. They just had to play well. So uh, if you look at the stats of, of most players in major league baseball, I think like you'll see like guys like uh, Mike Trout, Juan Soto, um, mm-hmm. Ronald Acuna, the superstars of the league, they didn't miss a beat. And you can look at that, the pitchers as well. Garrett Cole played really well. Uh, um, Jacob deGrom was his old self again. Um, the elites of the elites was fine. There was no, you know, they didn't skip a beat. But I, I think for some of these budding players or younger players that they didn't have this routine and that really affected their play on the field. Uh, and I, I would absolutely say that with Nomar Mazzara because um, while he was with Texas, he was basically the um, he, he was basically the model of consistency, um, hitting twenty or hitting nineteen plus home runs in every year um, for his first four full seasons. Um, he had one hundred and one RBIs in his second year uh, with Texas, and uh, was again incredibly consistent. He kept his strikeout numbers. Um, I think he had 112, 127, 116, and 108 um, in those consecutive years. So you know exactly what you're going to get with Nomar Mazzara. But mm-hmm. um, as far as you know, uh, you know production with power and uh, being consistent, I think that's a much better signing than uh, Robbie Grossman, um, or it, it's a bigger name than Robbie Grossman, who we also signed to play in the outfield uh, for this season. Um, Robbie Grossman doesn't strike out a lot. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. Um, and so it's a solid, solid signing. Um, but I think Mazzara brings a lot of upside. And to this point, he was 25 last year. Um, and some people will say, well, he, this is all this time that he spent in the major leagues. Like he, like he's five seasons in, if he hasn't figured it out now, then he's not going to figure it out then. Um, Aaron judge when he came into the league, his rookie season, he was 25 years old. He was 24 or 25 years old. Mazzara played in his age 21 season players playing that early into their career or into their career, uh, especially at the major league level. If you're not Juan Soto um, and playing as a 19 year old, um, that doesn't happen. You see a lot of guys, rookie years break into the league in their age, 24 age, 25 season. So, if anything, Mazzara is right on the cusp of being uh, or even breaking out, I would say. Obviously, his numbers don't show it right now, but this man on this team is going to play a lot, and he is a big, big dude. He's mm-hmm. he's six foot four, 215 pounds, and he hits from the left side of the plate, and the Tigers don't have a lot of left-handed hitters. So this guy is going to get every opportunity to play and succeed with the Tigers. And I'm really excited about him. He hit one home run with the White Sox last year, but it was an absolute tank. He he hit it against the Reds in uh, Cincinnati and it it almost went into the river that, I mean, the the guy, he just looks like a dangerous, dangerous baseball player. And I am really Mm -hmm. excited to see what he can do this year. Um, A lot of information I know, um, but what are you guys thinking? Are you sold? On, are we getting Nomar Mazzara jerseys or what? <laughs> I mean, I will I'm not down. be because I'm not an addict. <sighs> Stop. You're so lame. <laughs> I might join you, Corey. 
We'll see. I, I I do enjoy that we will have a solid player and one who has proven consistency, and that is going. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, is that a word? I Close enough. Consistency. I mean, consistency. 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 Who's shown consistency? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna say consistency is a word. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and that's exactly what we need right now. I don't see. I don't think we're paying a lot for him either. If I'm not mistaken, it's like it's under two million. It's like a it's like a million and a half. Signed, sealed, delivered. I love Perfect. it. Perfect. That's exactly it's, what you it's need. Exactly what you need. One thousand percent. He is going to be fantastic. All star. Booking it. Booking it. <laughs> Corks hot takes. No more Mazzara. All star. Twenty twenty one. Hey, well, Corey comes off of that sugar rush. Uh, Chris, do you want to introduce your segment and what you're about to be talking about? Grab your calculators, folks. Holy cow, am I so excited. So I have a little background about myself. Uh, I have chose the career path of banking. I love numbers a lot. I really do like numbers. I like the business side of things. Um, uh, I'll be going for a finance degree coming up in 2021. Uh, I know fun, fun. So maybe accounting something with numbers. We're going to find out. So this is the stuff that I love to do. So I decided to have my segment be Chris's cap crunch. And every week, every three weeks, cause we're trading off on a segment at the end of the show, I'm going to be going over different scenarios on what the all four Detroit sports could do. And I think that's going to give enough because it's going to give about roughly a little over three months before you hear about the, another, the team again. So you're going to have a lot of changes. Uh, with that being said, and with the spirit of watching the Red Wings and talking a lot about the Red Wings, we're going to talk about the Red Wings cap space today. And the best part about it is it's going to be a little ad- interactive. Uh, Noel and Corey don't know this, but I have con- contrived a little game and we're going to oh no i know and we're going to quickly go through the wings lineup and we're going to vote on who you think is staying and who you think is going but i have a fun question for both of you guys as of the end of the 2020 2021 season how many free agents do you think the red wings have including the taxes earlier inc- i'm about inc- to go look including no don't don't say it inc- just take a guess including the taxi squad how many free agents they will like have on their roster currently or on like, the roster currently, including the taxi squad. How many think are free agents at the end of this year? At the end of the season, 11, 18. 11. Oh, I was <laughs> way low. Have, we have 18. <laughs> some are restricted, but we have 18 free agents, including the taxi squad that are happening at the end of 2021. The reason why, and this is all part of the Iser plan. This is so Corey and I had the ability I think it was 2019, uh, two summers ago, to go see Steve Eisman talk the summer that he got sent to Detroit. And he said, it's going to take a couple years. Just wait. And I'll never forget that. And during this this past season, or uh, past couple seasons, we've seen a lot of one-year and two-year deals, especially for these players. This is why. This is the Iser plan. At the end of of this season, if we were theoretically to not re-sign any of our free agents, 
we would have $39 million in cap space. That's a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money, Chief. Uh, so we're going to play a quick game because at the moment, as it stands, the Red Wings have $12 million in cap space going into the trade deadline. Hallelujah. Uh, but we're going to play a quick game. We're going to take that $12 million number, and we are going to go through the Red Wings' current rosters, who are free agents at the end of this year, and Corey and Noel are going to vote if they think they're going to stay or if they're going to go. So with that being said, on the docket, Darren Helm. Gone. Gone. My vote is gone as well. I'm going to be the deciding. I'll be the the <laughs> if, if it's if it's not deciding, like if Chris's you guys are word is decision, law. Yeah, it's law, my point. Darren Helm right now is three point eight million dollars. Next on the docket. Philpola. Gone. Gone. Yes. He'll he'll be I gone. agree. Three million dollars. Luke Glendenning. He's here. He's staying. I agree. I agree. Bobby Ryan. Staying. Uh, he might get traded. It, I think it depends on where the Red Wings are, at, you know, at the end of all of this, yeah. just like talent wise, because Bobby yes. Ryan does add an element of big talent. So I think I'm leaning towards him staying, honestly. Okay. I'm going to go with Corey and saying he's gone. Sorry, Noel. It's okay. Sorry, sorry, Bobby Ryan. I, I wish you would. Adam Ernie. I think he stays. Eiserman really likes him. I think he stays. Yeah. Well. I think Do he I gets like a little. It? Not really, but I think he gets a little bit of a raise. What is he making? Catman. He's, what is he making? He's making nine hundred and ninety-seven thousand. I think he'll get a little. I think he will too. I think he'll get a little over that. Uh, Brome. I Uh-oh. think he'll be gone. Yeah, I think he'll go too. I think he'll go as well. That is nine hundred and twenty-five thousand. We're gonna round down just for just for the heck of it. Zadina. Oh no, he's sorry. He's not a free agent this year. Gagner. Gagne. Gagn. Gagner. Gagner. I said it right. <laughs> Gagne. Um, I think I think just for the Gag. sake of of people coming up i think he'll be he'll be gone i hate to say i kind of like him oh yeah before i i I apologize guys i went ahead of myself a little bit before going into this uh which i'm good because we're not even halfway in it really quickly just to recap of the top two picks for the past four years of drafting 2017 we had gustav lindstrom and kakansalo don't really remember him, to be honest with you. 2018, Philip Zadina and Joe Valeno. We already see Zadina, but Joe Valeno is probably soon to come. In 2019, we got Moritz Seider. In 2020, we got Raymond and Wallander. On our, in Griffins, we got Chalowski. We got Tara Horosi. We still got a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of people coming up. So obviously, I think Ber- Bergeron is going to make an appearance too. I agree. A little FYI. I agree. I absolutely agree. So with that being said, we finished the forwards, well, who are currently on roster with the Detroit Red Wings. And as soon as I finished that, Cat Friendly decided to be a little weird. So give me one second as I try to get back to my page on. on. Also, for those of you who don't know and want to want to get into the cap, go to catfriendly.com. Oh, I highly suggest wonderful. going to catfriendly.com. It it's is fantastic. Wonderful. They do such a good job. And since I'm back... Mark Stahl. I hope he's gone. If he's not gone, I, hope I he's swear. Gone too. He'll be gone. 
Okay. Anyone want to take a stab at what he was making? Too he's much. making he's making like five something. Five point seven. Yeah. Five point seven million dollars. Patrick Dude. Nemeth. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> that's hard. That's a toss yeah. up. Yep. Because yep. you're gonna I need somebody might stick back. around. Yeah, you're gonna need think some, if he wants to stay. That yes. Fun story. Fun story. I met Patrick Nemeth. Really? When? Uh, so I, I have an aunt who's really she's involved with like insurance people, and she gets like all these like insider Red Wings like season ticket things. Um, so one of the nights, like you're one right, of the events right, was, friends. uh, no, my <laughs> um. One of the nights it was like a, like a big season ticket kickoff. And like, I have a piece of glass signed by the entire team and all oh, this stuff. This and Robin? He, yes, this is Robin. Oh, uh, Robin. I love Hi, her. Robin. Yeah. Robin's the best. Robin, if you're listening, we love you. I love um, her. She's so good. But every, like every table that was there, cause it was a big dinner, like a big celebration, um, got to sit with like either an executive or like, like a coach or a player. And, uh, my table got Patrick Nemeth. Um, and like, obviously this isn't like the favorite thing of players to do, but like still they do it. Um, mm-hmm. just cause it's, you know, part of their contract. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know if that was just him or not like a super nice guy. Um, but you could kind you could really tell like that, like it wasn't his favorite thing to do. He didn't really want to be there. Um, and, but he answered all of our questions like, oh, like, what's it like being a free agent? You know, why why is it that so many players in the NHL play hurt like in the postseason? Um, what what goes into signing places? Um, who's the most talented? Like uh, just like generic, like fan questions and all that stuff. And he answered every single one. And so, I mean, you got it. You got to give it to him. But if I were to base it off of that and. You know, he came from Colorado, who was on the upswing, and now this is his, you know, third or second year of playing for, you know, a piss poor hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe he goes out and plays someplace else, but also I don't think his play has yeah. um, caught the eyes of other teams. So, um, what's the vote, Corey? I, I, I think he stays. I think he stays as well, and that the, he he's so far the highest person who has stayed at three million dollars. Oh, really quick, three million, he's wow. three million dollars. Oh, Christian Juice, I he stays. They love. I, I agree. hope he stays. I agree, John Merrill. I hope he stays too. I, I do hope too. He stays. Uh, Heronic, that's pretty obvious. He's he's definitely staying. He's he's a free agent. Or is he uh, no, I'm sorry, he's restricted. But no, oh no, I'm sorry. That's 2020. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's right. He's a free agent. Um, he's no, a restricted free agent. He's restricted free <laughs> Just agent. Just to clear he's, that up, he's okay. still a free agent. Um, Jonathan Bernier. Ooh, that's I tough. know, I know. We're getting to the tough ones. There's, there's only like two or three more toughies, and that's it. I, 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 I think he stays because he's, uh, the, only, yeah, he's the only say, goalie that can get a win here. I agree. Oh my gosh. I agree. Yes, I uh, think he stays. An obvious drop off and big sad play the horns. Henrik Zetterberg's contract is dropping off. I apologize, and I mean that in a sad way. But I, I love you, Henrik Zetterberg. You are, you are, you have the best beard in all of hockey, and He's hot. never he is hot. Never changed. But that's six million dollars. Thank you very much, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. He's restricted. He'll be here. He'll yeah, sign, I agree. He'll sign some sort of bridge deal. I agree. 
With that being said, uh, the only other restricted free agents are on the taxi squad. That's Alex Biega, Calvin Pickard, and Giovanni Smith. We're not paying them anything, though. So it doesn't really matter. So thankfully, with that being said, the final number with the CNC replay predictions on who's staying and who's going, the cap space is at $33.3 million at the end of the 2021 season. Holy cow. Are you kidding? Are you freaking kidding me? This is the Iser plan. I'm a firm believer this is the Iser plan. A wave is about to come. Here's the best part though. I haven't even I haven't even gotten into the best part. Theoretically, we don't sign the people that we don't sign. We made our predictions were right. And I know. And theoretically, we go into the 2021-22 season and we just play nothing but our, our prospects who have been up there and we fill our roster with that. We're probably not going to be good. You're probably going to see Lucas Raymond at some point. We'll be bunching around. We don't have to worry about Seattle anymore. A lot of good. A lot, a lot, a lot of good. In 2021-22 season, say we finish that off, you got Franz Nielsen. He's dropping off his unrestricted or unrestricted free agent. He's not coming back. That's another $5 million. Another person dropping off is Danny DeKaiser. That's another $5 million. So theoretically, at the end of the 2021-22 season, we could be at $43 million. Now let's get to the fun part. And this is where I think we're all going to get a little excited. We're going to look at the free agents going into the at the end of 2021 season. I'm going to be totally honest with you. After looking at it, the 2021 season, there's not that many big names that I think are going to be available to the Red Wings. Some, maybe. Let's go into 2021. The free agents at the end of 2021, at the top of the list is Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, no he's way he's going, going anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> I agree. Number two, Ryan Getzlaff. He's not going anywhere either. I really don't think he will. Number three, Taylor Hall. We tried to get him this year. I know, I know, but think about it. He's at Buffalo. He's on Buffalo on a one year. Buffalo has to be. <sighs> in theory, we have 30. Guys, Taylor Hall's cap right now is at $8 million. And you're like, whoa, that's such a big. We have 30, 33. Again, I'm sorry I'm spitting into my microphone. I'm so glad there's this little filter thing. $33 million. Taylor Hall is on there. Krejci's on there. Tukarask, not going anywhere. Patrick Lane, I mean, I don't think so. I think Columbus is going to keep him, obviously. Step in, stats. Columbus, Columbus cannot keep free agents for whatever they reason. Exactly. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. He's from Edmonton. Six million dollars. So think, theoretically, if we if we get Ryan Nugent Hopkins and we get Taylor Hall, I know it's a stretch. We don't even take up half of our potential cap space. Let that sink in. We get Ryan Nugent Hopkins and we get Taylor Hall, and we don't even get. We still have over half of our cap space with Franz deals and David DeKaiser going off the board next year with an extra ten million jumping on there. I have chills. I don't know about you do. I but I have I have the big chills. Also names to mention, I apologize. And then I'll let you say something, Corey. Alexander Edler in Vancouver, 
he's another good shot at defenseman. I would love that. There was one more that I had highlighted from the 2021 who's dropping off. Landis Gog, there's no way. Uh, Schwartz, there's no way. Tomas Tatar, bring him back. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> we miss you, Tuna. Holy cow. Uh, that was really all of them, actually, that were dropping off in the 2021. Go ahead, Corey, while I, go ahead, while I update the 2022. Mike Hoffman? Yes. That was it. Sorry. Yeah. Mike Hoffman? Mike Hoffman. I, I- I love I love the enthusiasm, Chris, and I I they have all this cap space, and yes, I do think you'd have to you know gain some some momentum and show that this isn't just going to be like still a rebuilding team. Like, oh, you could compete, and I think they yes. could, I I think the defense that the Red Wings have right now that are rolling out there um, is pretty productive and good. I think Steacher has been phenomenal i think merrill has been really solid nemeth is nemeth but he's he's not he's not someone who's making a ton of you know boneheaded mistakes uh i like the nugent hopkins and just let's let's think about taylor hall on a line with dylan larkin i like that yeah (laughs) now i like i like where you're going with the numbers yes you I don't know, think it's going to happen. Sign. I'm dreaming. No, I know, I know what dreaming. you're saying. I know you. You have to. You have to think that they're going to get a raise. So they're probably. I mean, I think Taylor Hall wants a ridiculous number. He wants like Panarin numbers. Like Panarin's making an eleven million dollars. We are not yeah. going to pay one player eleven million dollars a year. That's just no. not going to happen. No, we could. Could though. you pay him? We could, could you pay three him players. We could pay three players eleven million dollars. Could you pay him nine? Could you pay him eight and a half? Could you give uh, Nugent Hopkins a raise? I don't know. But the thing about Eiserman is that he can get guys to sign team-friendly deals to an extent. Victor Hedman uh, was was, is the best defenseman uh, in the league, arguably. And he, at the time, signed a deal to stay with the Lightning because Steve's like, you want to win a cup or not? He did get paid. He got paid what he was worth, but not what he could get the most. He got 7.5. Drew Doughty is making like 10 million or like 9.5. Uh, Carlson is making a ridiculous amount of money. And people thought that Hedman was going to get that contract, but he didn't. And he signed it when he was younger as well. Um, so we have this cap space and we have Eisenman who knows how to get or create some good you know, contract situations, Tampa Bay struggling a little bit right now, but also they gave out some contracts that they probably shouldn't. I was looking at their cap situation um, and they signed uh Braden point to a sick deal. And that was um, that. I think that was after Eisenman or no September, yeah. 2019. Yeah, that was after Eisenman. But uh, I mean, They've gotten some good deals. I mean, this look at the Stamkos deal. He turned down money from Toronto, even the Red Wings, to stay with Tampa Bay, and that's paid off for them as well. Yeah. Is it pro is it going to happen? Probably not. No. Is it possible it could happen? Yes. Yeah. Will they get one of those guys? I'm a gambling, they're gonna get one of Absolutely. Taylor Hall or Ryan Nugent Hawkins. I believe it. I'm really glad you mentioned Braden Point because this brought me to one of the more exciting things on my end. The 2022 unrestricted free agents. Oh, geez. I know. I know. I know. Now, here's now here's why I'm doing this. I'm naming these names because obviously I don't think we're going to be getting all these people. But we have the ability 
to do whatever the heck we want to do. We have the money. We have picks. We have Big Stevie Y, who everyone will come and play for Big Stevie Y because they saw what he did over in Tampa. For instance, Malkin, no. P.K. Subban, no. Claude Giroux, no. Phil Kessel, no. Chris Letang, but here's where it gets fun. Matthew Kachuk, Joe Pavelski, Patrice Bergeron, Ryan Kessler, Braden Point, Johnny Hockey over in Calgary. We got Boychuk. We got Erickson. We got Forsberg. We got Barkov. We got Brock Bosner. We got Tomas Hurdle. We have Andrew Ladd, Anton Strahlman, Rasmus Listilan. Ah, I always butcher his last name. The other Rasmus from Buffalo. Ristolanen. Miko Sabanajad. Max Domi. Jeff Carter. We the possibilities are endless. This is what I'm trying to say. I understand that a lot of people are going to want to keep these teams, but I'm a firm believer. Vincent Trocheck. Look at that. Look at that. Sorry. A lot of big names. A lot of big names in the next two years are going to go as free agents. We have the ability to trade. We have star-studded talent where we could trade and not take as much of a hit when it comes to our draft in the future. The I think Steve's plan through all of this was to build this big tsunami wave. And it has been built. And the wave is coming. And it is only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time until we see huge names come on the Red Wings. Not just... Not, I, 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 I'm a firm believer we're going to get a few. We're going to get some big names on the Red Wings. We're going to have... Our, and the best part is, is the same time we get these big names, our star-studded prospects that we've had top of the drafts for the past four years are also going to be coming on the Red Wings. We are going to have one hell of a team in the next five years. I am a firm, I am a firm big believer that in the next five years, Steve Eisenman is going to pull his Steve Eisenman strings and we're going to spend some money, baby. And we're going to be, we're, we're Red Wings will be back in five years to what they used to be. I'm a big believer. Take it to the bank. Thoughts, everybody? I agree. I'm fired up. I know. How does that's my, this, that's my whole thing about all of this? I want to read you the cap. I want to give you the numbers. And then I want to tell you the names that are coming. How can you not get absolutely psyched out of your mind? We're going to go in reality. Uh, oh no! We Noel, 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 Noel. Where you're telling me they're just gonna let the money sit there? No, you're telling I don't me the Illich is just gonna let it sit there. They can't. They can't. It's not gonna sit there. I it's don't. It's going somewhere. I know it is. Mm-hmm. I am just overly cautious. Because I lived through Ken Holland's post-cap hell. <laughs> and gone. that is a scary place. And I, I know we are in a different we are in a different world. I get that. I do. Mm-hmm. And would I love some of those big names to come on? Absolutely. Obviously. But I I just I just worry. But that's just who I am. I am a realist. And I'm going to stay in that little pocket because then I can't be disappointed. 
That's fine. It's completely understandable. It's a terrible way of looking at life, but that's where we're at. Do you think we'll get one big name in the next two years? Yes. Okay. I agree. I fully agree. That's, that's the bottom line. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. That's my, that's my big thing through all this is at some point in the next one year, two years, we're going to get some, I think we're going to get more than one. I'm hopeful because just, we got, we had the money for it. We had the, we have the money for four or five or six. We have them. Like if, if, if for some reason, 11, 11. Yeah. We have so much money to play with right now. And at the end of the day, I know Steve's going to work it out. And it, I am, I am hopeful for the wings. That is Chris's cap crunch for this month. Thank you for listening. Sorry, Noelle killed my killed my joy. But you can edit that out. <laughs> vibes off, man. You can make this what vibes you want. Gone. You edit this thing. Vibes off, man. You yeah, failed the vibe check. Yeah, absolutely. That's not new. Well, hey, does anybody have anything else to say? No. 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 I'm, I'm I feel like this was up. the happiest podcast we've had in a while. I know. T pose on them. <laughs> Corey's Corey's currently dancing. dancing in his yeah. little his little screen oh, yeah and someday down the road we'll have video so you can actually see what we're seeing as well and uh it's gonna be a good time and uh thank you guys so much for listening we greatly appreciate you all here at the cnc replay and i hope that you have an awesome amazing week the red wings are in the second intermission going into third they're down by one let's get hopeful watch. Throw your rally caps on. We're going to go watch. Thank you so much, everybody, and I hope you guys have an awesome week. We'll see you. Bye, guys. Deuces. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.